today we're in week two of the ultimate fighter and i want to talk to you today from this thought a man after god's own heart a man after god's own heart i'm going to uh, jump through several scriptures today uh, there are times i preach from one portion of scripture but today we're going to go through several portions of scriptures today and i want to begin as a jumping off point at 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse number 14. 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse number 14. <clears throat> the Word of God says, But now your kingdom will not endure. And this is the prophet Samuel talking to Saul. Saul was the king of Israel. And God was now removing him uh, from king. is letting him know that he's no longer going to, be, going to be the king. And God has chosen somebody else uh, to take his place. The Word of God says, The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. You catch that? A man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And this man the Bible's talking about is David. David was known as a man after God's own heart. And it is a desire of mine that I would be known as a man after God's own heart. I trust that for many of our men in this place today, there's a desire inside of you that says, you know what, I want to be a man after God's own heart. There's something bubbling up on the inside of me. There's something that's just whelming up on the inside of me that says, you know what, I desire that. I want to be known. I want to be characterized as a man after God's own heart. And you may even be thinking, you know what, I desire that. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to become a man after God's own heart, but I want to be a man after God's own heart. Reminds me of a story. There was a pastor. He was outside with his congregation. They were having an outside baptismal service. And he was baptizing people in the river. And he was just baptizing one after the other. And there was a drunk man that showed up at the baptismal service. And he saw the pastor out there baptizing people in the river. And so the drunk man just walked right out in the river and walked right up to the pastor. How you doing there, pastor? And the pastor looked at the drunk man and said, Are you ready to find Jesus? And the drunk man said, Well, sure, pastor. And the pastor grabbed the drunk man and, and he dunked him underneath the water and he picked him back out from the water. He says, Have you found Jesus yet? The drunk man said, No, pastor, not yet. The pastor's frustrated now. <laughs> He's upset now, so he dunks him back under the water. But this time he leaves him there for 30 seconds. He leads him down there and he lifts back up the drunk man out of the water. He says, have you found Jesus yet? And the drunk man said, well, pastor, are you sure this is where he fell in? <laughs> I want you to find Jesus. I want you to be a man after God's own heart. But there's a biblical way to do that. I wish I could just dunk you and hold you underneath the water and get you back up and you'd be a man after God's own heart. But yet the Bible tells us the bible gives us some insight some keys on how we can be a man after god's own heart and what i want to do today is give you four keys four keys to being a man after god's own heart you can follow along with me in your bulletin there and fill in the blanks point one is this the man after god's own heart will do what god says will do what god says Notice the scripture says in Acts 13 and verse number 22, after removing Saul, he made David their king. 
he testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, notice these words, a man after my own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. You say, Herbert, what made him that? Why was he a man after God's own heart? Notice the very end of that verse, it tells us why. He will do everything. Everybody shout everything. He will do everything I want him to do. One of the major reasons David was a man after God's own heart was he was willing to do anything that God wanted him to do. And men, we need to be willing to do whatever God wants us to do. You say, Herbert, where does that start? It starts with this. For us to do what God wants us to do, it starts with you and I being men of the word. If you're a note taker, just jot that down. I need to be a man of the word, a man of the word. Listen, what a privilege today that we live in. What, what, a, what a great time to live as a follower of Christ. We live in a day that all of us can have a copy of God's word, the Holy Bible, the inspired scriptures, the anointed, infallible word of God. And how can you and I follow the Lord and obey his word unless we know what the instructions, what the heavenly instruction says, what God is saying to you and I through his word. Here's my challenge <clears throat> for every man in this place. I challenge you to do this. Would you make a commitment that every single day you would spend time reading the word of God? I just want, I want to challenge you just one minute a day. Just one verse a day. Just start somewhere. Listen, that you can start getting God's heavenly instructions. You say, Herbert, I'm not that good of a reader. Man, it's a great day we live in. You can get the CD on Bible, the Bible on uh, the, the Bible on CD or the Bible on DVD. You can pop it in, and listen to it, watch it. I, that's why church is so important that you're here and you're hearing the word of God and getting your heavenly instructions. But then it's not good enough just to get the heavenly instructions. Then, men, we have to put it into practice in our life. We have to obey it. James talks about this in James chapter 1. He says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And a man after God's own heart, he will do what God says to do. And understand this, men, when you and I desire to be a man after God's own heart and we start doing what God wants us to do, listen, it's not always easy. There are times God is asking you to do something and it's not easy. Matter of fact, it's very difficult. Sometimes God will ask you to do something and to stand up and to obey his word and you will be ridiculed and you will suffer for it. You'll be persecuted because of it. Sometimes God will ask you to do something and it's not popular. Everybody's not doing it. And yet a man after God's own heart will do what God wants him to do. You're at work. And the other men are sitting there cracking dirty jokes and they're telling dirty jokes and, and you know you shouldn't be entertaining that and here you are sitting there and, and you're just laughing out loud at the jokes and you start telling your own dirty jokes so that you can fit in and you know if you're at home and your teenage son was doing that and he was telling that dirty joke, you would get all over him, you would discipline him and the very thing that you would discipline your son about, you're doing at your workplace because you want to be popular, you want to fit in and yet a man after God's own heart will stand up and obey the Lord even if you'll suffer have to have to suffer for it even when it's not easy the fellas after work on a friday everybody's leaving and the fellas say come on man we're gonna go party go get drunk come on we're going to the strip club 
Come on, come on, church boy, church boy. Come on and let's have stuff. Come on. And you're sitting and you're thinking, man, they're making fun of me. I'm going to show them. And you decide to go to the strip club, go to the party instead of doing what God wants you to do. You're following after man and not, not following after God and obeying him because you don't want to be persecuted. You don't want to be laughed at. You don't want to suffer for it. But a man after God's own heart will do what God wants him to do even if there's a price to pay because of it. The Bible says this about David, 1 Kings chapter 15 and verse 4 through 5. It says, For David had done what was right in the eyes of the Lord. I like that. He didn't do what was right in the eyes of his neighbor, his friend, his co-worker, his boss. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not failed to keep any of the Lord's commands all the days of his life, David was obedient to, to God and did everything that God wanted him to do. But here's what I want you to catch at the very end of this verse. It says, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. In other words, David had a failure. If you're not familiar with this story, he slept with a lady named Bathsheba. He had her husband killed. He failed miserably. Men, don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. Next week, I'm going to talk about how do you be an ultimate fighter and deal with failure. Some of you in this place, you're disqualifying yourself. You say, Pastor, I have failed over and over and over and over again. Can I still be a man after God's own heart? And the answer is yes. And next week, I'm going to talk to you about how the ultimate fighter has to navigate through failure to be a man after God's own heart. Some of you have some neighbors, some co-workers who have blown it miserably. They feel disqualified. Qualify, invite them to be here. We're going to offer hope and solutions from God's Word and how the ultimate fighter can navigate through failure and be a man after God's own heart. Point number two, there's a second key to being a man after God's own heart. Number two is this. The man after God's own heart serves God's purpose in his generation. Serves God's purpose in his generation, Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 says this about David. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. What an awesome statement. Can you imagine this is what basically we could call written on David's tombstone. This is what was said of David. This is how we remember David's life. He was a man that was willing to follow God's purpose and do God's purpose in his own generation. Men, can you imagine when you and I die? Can you imagine that on your tombstone, what people write about you on your tombstone it says he he was a man that served god's purpose in his generation i mean wouldn't that be awesome to be remembered for folks to know you as that as man i was a man of purpose and i did what god wanted me to do and there are too many men who are going through life with no divine purpose 
There are too many men that are living an unfulfilled, empty life because they're doing their own thing. There are men, even in this place today, you feel empty, you feel unfulfilled, you're about to cross over a moral boundary and wreck your family, wreck your home, wreck your career, wreck your, wreck your reputation because you're going through life with no purpose, with no God-inspired divine purpose for your life. You think life is all about making bling, bling and trying to get some more money and trying to get more toys and a bigger house and a bigger boat. And that is so unfulfilling and you're missing God's divine purpose for your life. Hear me today, man. God has a purpose for your life. God wants to do something awesome through your life. The reason that you're still breathing and alive today is because God has purpose for your life. And friends, there are two options. Two options. You can serve your purpose. And a lot of men, even a lot of Christ followers, that's what they do. They serve their purpose in the name of Jesus. Or you can serve God's purpose. You can live an unfulfilled life and do your own thing or a fulfilled life and do God's thing for your life. When I think about someone who is fulfilling God's purpose and serving God's purpose in their generation, I could probably give you uh, several examples, but one person that came to mind this week is Josh Brown. Josh is on staff with us here at People's Church. He's on our executive team, our leadership team. Josh is the director of operations here at the church and and he's the one spearheading this, this new construction. And I remember when I was asking Josh to come on staff at People's Church. And before I even asked him to come on staff and begin to talk with him and dialogue about that, you know, Josh was known to our staff and church people as a man after God's own heart. This guy loved God, is faithful to God, faithful to church, served in our kids' ministry, led a community group. Just a man after God's own heart. It was very evident, loving his wife. Just a man after God's own heart. And I, I approached Josh about coming to work at the church. And Josh owned his own construction company. And he, the first two or three times when I asked him to come on staff at the church, he told me no. But I was like that woman that was then at the door. I was persistent, I just kept knocking. <laughs> come on, let's go to lunch again, Josh. You know what I always respected about Josh though? He was always God-centered. He was always praying. He'd always say, I- I'll pray about it. I'll- it wasn't a closed door. You know, I'm going to do my own thing. No, no, no. He, he, was, he was open to pray. And, and the Lord spoke to him. And Josh, because the Lord led him and he wanted to do God's purpose and serve God's purpose for his generation, he left his full-time job company that he had started with all the benefits. Come on, some of you CEOs, owners, you know, all the perks, all the benefits, all the freedom that comes with running your own company. He laid it all aside and say, you know what? God is speaking to me about doing something to advance his kingdom. And you know, it wasn't probably, I don't know, around a year ago, eight months ago or so, Josh came up to me and he said something to me that really touched my heart. He was praying, him and his wife were way on a break and seeking the Lord. And he came back to me at this time in the, as we were preparing to build this building. We had an architect involved. We had a general contractor involved. And Josh came back and said, Herbert, I've just been praying and he's been seeking the Lord. And the Lord's laid on my heart. Uh, to build, if you want me to, and if you're willing to, to build this entire building, to be the general contractor and to be the superintendent. And he took on the responsibilities of building this entire building, plus his responsibilities that we already, he already has at the church. And this guy, because 
he just felt God laying this on his heart has saved our church over a million plus dollars because he said, I sense, and it's been with the price. It's been a price. It's been 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week at time. But he felt that God was living. And you know what I love about him? He's a man after God's own heart. He wants to serve God's purpose in his generation. He loves his family. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of a character. He's a spiritual leader. And men, hear me today. This is not about God calling you into full-time ministry. This is about your heart being open to say, God, this is not about my thing. It's not about what I want to do. It's about me fulfilling your purpose in this generation. Generation. And listen, we need some men that will stand up and say, I want to be a man of purpose. God, divine purpose. Men, let me tell you one of your purposes. One of your purposes is to be a man of character, a man of integrity, a man of excellence, a man of God. One of your purposes is to be a spiritual leader, to lead your wife, to lead your kids to the throne room, to serve God, to honor God. That when you die, you leave a legacy of kids who love the Lord and are serving the Lord. Listen, this is not about just going to work. If you think all life is is going to work, you're just going to work just to make some money and pay the bills, you're missing it. God has you where he has you to be salt and to be light and to influence. Listen, well, Pastor, I'm hoping God calls me to go work in an all-Christian place. I hope he doesn't. I hope he keeps you right where he has you to be salt and to be light and to spread the gospel and to love people and to share Jesus Christ. You have a divine purpose, a purpose that God has for your life. Be a man of God, a man of excellence, a man who loves God's church and invests in the church of Jesus Christ and serves and resources the church of Jesus Christ. A man of purpose. Men, God has a plan for your life. And David served God's purpose for his generation. Number three, there's a third key to being a man after God's own heart. The man after God's own heart is a warrior and a worshiper. A warrior and a worshiper. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles, verse 28 and verse 3, this is regarding David. Here's the context of this portion of Scripture I'm going to read to you. David desired to build a temple for the Lord. That, that was in his heart to do. And God is informing David in this Scripture that he is not going to be the one to build the temple. And I want you to hear what God says to him. But God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior. Everybody shout warrior. Because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Now, some people, they view a man after God's own heart. You know, they have this view. They have this mindset of what a man of God looks like. And they view this man as a weak, wimpy, passive and timid man. Yes, I'm a man of God. Yes. Man of God. Mm -mm. <laughs> David was known as a man after God's own heart and he was a warrior. He was an ultimate fighter. I mean, this is the same David when he was working for his daddy with the sheep. The Bible says that he killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands. How many of you men did that this week? Huh? A lion came to attack the sheep. Bop, bop. Ah, cock. I mean, and he did his thing. He was a warrior. 
He was a, a fighter. For, I mean, this is the same David, this man after God's own heart that, that, the, that, that this guy named Goliath was defying, this giant was defying the armies of God and all of the trained soldiers of Israel, all the fighting men who have been trained and, and equipped to fight, they were scared. And the Bible says they were hiding in the valley of Elah and the giant was coming out and he was saying, who will take me on? And they were all scared. And this teenage boy showed up named David. He wasn't a trained fighting man. He had no experience. All he did was keep sheep. He was a shepherd. And he showed up to drop off food for his brothers. He heard about this giant who was defying the armies of the living God. And he said, you know what? I'll take him on. And David went out with nothing but a slingshot. He was a fighter. He was a warrior. He was an altar. I mean, we get this picture of a man of God, a man after God's own heart, as just whipping no back. But no, 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 no. The man after God's own heart is a warrior, an ultimate fighter. We need some more men that'll stand up and fight. We need some ultimate fighters. Listen to me. I'm not talking about fighting after church out in the parking lot. Now, if you get out there and start fighting out in the parking lot, I'll call the police on you. <laughs> I'll call Popo in a minute. Get you hauled off. We don't know him. Amen. <laughs> get them on out of here. Amen. No, we need some men. David was fighting for God's purpose. He was fighting to honor the Lord. And we need some men that will stand up and fight for the cause of Christ. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and that the violent take it by force. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 12, he says, fight the good fight of faith. We need some men that will stand up and fight for their marriage and fight for their kids and fight for their family and fight for the church and fight to see men and women come to know Jesus Christ. We need some men that will fight for the homeless and fight for the widow and fight for those in prisons, fight for those who are down and out. We need some men that will fight for justice and holiness and purity. We need some fighters. Some fighters. Some ultimate fighters. A man after God's whole heart is not some weak-willed, no-backbone man. He's a warrior. He's an ultimate fighter. And friends, not only do we need some men that will be warriors, we need some men that will be worshipers. Some men that will be worshipers. Listen, a man after God's own heart doesn't just get excited about the ball game. He doesn't just get excited about the raise or promotion. He doesn't just get excited about the new car, new house. A man after God's own heart is excited about Jesus. Anybody in the house excited about Jesus today? Amen. He's a worshiping man, and we must be worshiping men. Notice what the Bible says about David. Not only was he a warrior, but he was a worshiper. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14 through 16 says, David, wearing a linen ephod. This is what the priest wore, the royalty wore. says, danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. What had happened here is that the ark of the Lord had got captured by the Philistines. And if you're not familiar with the ark of the Lord, this was, in that day, it was the presence of God. This was the presence of God. And the ark had got stolen, and David was passionate about getting the presence of God back in Israel, about getting the presence of God back in his life. 
And so he went, and he went and fought and captured the presence of God, the ark, from the Philistines. And when this happened, the Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all his might. Wow. See, Pastor, what does that mean to dance before the Lord with all your might? Well, I'm not exactly sure what the Bible meant by that, but I can tell you what it didn't mean. David didn't do this. Oh, I just worship you, Jesus. If they really sing my song, I'll, I'll praise you. They won't sing my song today. Well, oh, 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 there's my song. Maybe that's a little too high. Somebody might see it. Don't wonder. No, it wasn't that. He danced before the Lord with all his might. You know what that lets me know? He had everything going after God. I mean, I would dance right now before the Lord with all my might, but if this is my fourth sermon already today, and I might fall over these robes, amen. But he was, I mean, he was going. He was worshiping. And understand this, he was doing it in front of all of Israel. On the street. Come on, we don't just need you to worship in church. You need to worship at your workplace. Worship at your home. He, he was a worshiper. Come on, we need some men of God who are warriors and worshipers, man. I want to encourage you men to be a worshiper, to fall and be excited. I mean, just like you get excited about the thunder and excited about OU and OSU and excited when you got the promotion. Some of you, oh, got the promotion. Man, get excited about Jesus. Come on, I love to feed, see this whole front row filled up with men. Just work. I mean, all down in my spit zone. I'll spit on you in a minute. Amen. I, just all, I mean, I, just worshiping. Just loving on Jesus. Max, I'm going to be the leader and I'm going to worship Jesus. We need some worshiping men that fall in love with Jesus and they're excited about Jesus. And the Bible goes on to say in verse number 16, it says, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, and this is David's wife, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a, from a window. And when she saw King David leaping, and I mean, this guy was leaping. <laughs> he was dancing before the Lord, he wasn't doing it to impress anybody. It was before the Lord. She despised him in her heart. Ladies, please hear me today. Encourage your man, your husband, to be a worshiper. Don't discourage him. She despised him in his heart. She talked down to him. I'm going to read that to you in a moment. Instead of encouraging him to be a man after God's own heart, she despised him. And ladies, some of you, God is trying to raise your man to be a, 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 a worshiper, a man after God's own heart, and you're discouraging him. And hear me, ladies. Hear me, hear me today. You have no idea how powerful your words are in our life as our lady, as our bride. You can encourage us or you can deflate us. You can speak life or you can speak death into us. And some of you ladies, you know, your husband's been in church the last couple of weeks. and You're talking to your girlfriend. Well, you know. Every year around Easter, he shows up two or three. Oh, it's just a phase. Well, thank you for that encouragement. I'm trying. Well, he, he started reading that Bible again. You know, girl, he don't even know what that book says. Look at him over reading him. He might as well get the newspaper. <laughs> Your husband's trying to pray for the first time around the dinner table, trying to step up and be a spiritual leader and he prays. <laughs> that was a prayer. Well, you don't pray nothing like pastor prays. You don't pray anything like our community group leader prays. That was a prayer. 
Husband's at church and he's worshiping. Look at him. Put that front, got his hands up in the air. Look, <laughs> he don't do anything like that at home. And you discourage him. You're not pushing him forward in his divine purpose to be a worshiper. Listen, ladies, don't discourage him. I mean, your husband showed up two weeks in a row at church. Ooh, boy, you turned me on. It, I went and got me some Victoria's Secret. That boy be in church every week. Woo! I'll be in church next week again. Go ahead, mama. Huh? Encourage that brother. How that brother prayed around the dinner table for the first time. He might not have said nothing, but Lord bless the grub. Amen. Ooh, I got the chills, boy. I can't wait till the kids go to bed. Woo! That brother be practicing prayers around the workplace. Amen. He'll be studying Greek and Hebrew. Amen. Woo! Encourage him. Speak life to him. Tell him he's a man of God. Tell him he's a, he's a worshiper. Tell him he's an ultimate fighter. Speak life. Speak life into that man. I don't know about you. I don't need nobody to discourage me. I discourage my own self. Encourage me. Help me. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6, Amen. Some of you men heading by the mall after church. Go ahead. Amen. Thank you. Let me help your marriage today. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 20 says this. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, Notice what his wife said to him. How the king of Israel, here she is discouraging him, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would do. You know what she's saying to him? David, look at you. You threw your linen ephod on the ground, your royalty, that, that royal robe you had. You threw it down and you're out there leaping and dancing. You know her big thing? You know what she says? How's the king of Israel? You are the king. And you're out there looking undignified. You're, you're the precedent. Don't you know you don't worship like that? You're the precedent. You know what keeps so many men from being a worshiper? It's pride. What are they going to think? I mean, don't they know who I am? I'm, I'm, I'm a tough man. David was a man's man. He killed a bear and a lion. But he was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. Well, don't they know about who I am, my title? I'm the president. I'm the CEO. I'm the man. Don't, don't, they, don't, don't they know I got a college degree? I'm educated. I'm, I'm, I got a master's degree. I don't care if you got six doctors degree. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be magnified. God desires a worshiping man who will lay aside his pride, his degrees, his income, his status, and say, Lord, I belong to you. I give you my best. I magnify you. He was a worshiping man. There's a fourth thing that I want you to see. Number four. Four keys to being a man after God's own heart. Number four. The man after God's own heart doesn't have a divided heart. A divided heart. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 15 and verse 3, he committed all the sins his father had done before him. This is talking about a king that followed David. His heart was not fully, fully devoted to the Lord his God. I mean, I mean, he had a little bit of devotion. It just wasn't fully devoted. I mean, he knew God, but he wasn't fully 
devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his forefather had been. In other words, David was fully devoted to the Lord. Men, we can't be men after God's own heart if we're not fully devoted to the Lord. Men, can I tell you that 50% is not good enough? Boy, this challenges my heart as I studied this week. Men, 75% committed is not good enough. Men, 95% is 5% too short. David was a man after God's own heart because he was fully devoted to the Lord. A man after God's own heart does not have a divided heart. Oh, God, help us. Help us to be 100% committed and devoted to you. The scripture goes on to say in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 1 and 2, it says, Josiah was eight years old. Can I tell you that you can be a man after God's own heart and be a boy and a teenager? I'm going to do an entire talk throughout this series. I'm going to take one talk and I'm going to talk to the young men. I'm going to talk to the teenagers, the 20-somethings, about being a man after God's own heart. It goes on to say about Josiah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. I love this. It says in verse 2, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Can I tell you that you can be a young man who does what's right in the eyes of the Lord? That's what Josiah did. It says, and he walked in the ways of his father, David. How did David walk? What did David do? Notice this, not turning aside to the right or to the left. He did not have a divided heart. He didn't turn to the right or to the left. He fully followed God. He was totally committed. You know when an ultimate fighter gets in the ring? An ultimate fighter is fighting his opponent and he's going toe to toe with his opponent. Do you know what an ultimate fighter can't afford to do? He can't afford to get distracted. If an ultimate fighter gets distracted and he looks to the right, starts waving to the crowd, he, he looks to the left and starts talking to his trainer. And if he gets distracted, his opponent is going to waylay him and knock him out. And hear me today. Hear me, ultimate fighters. Some of you are distracted. Distracted. You're looking to the right and you're looking to the left. You're not fully devoted. Oh, you come to church some, but you're not fully devoted. You're, you're distracted. You're distracted. You're distracted. Here you are as an ultimate fighter, and you're just pursuing money, and you're pursuing stuff, and it's consumed you. It takes all of your mental energy. You're just focused on it. And you're distracted. You're after power. You're at, all you think about is power. How can I climb the corporate ladder? How can I get the better job, the promotion? How can I get more toys, the boat, the bigger house, the bigger... And, and you're so... You're distracted, distracted, distracted. You're distracted by that woman in the workplace who's captured your attention. You're distracted. And you're flirting. You're off track. You're looking in the internet and viewing stuff and pumping junk into your mind on the internet. You're watching stuff on television when the family's asleep and you're pumping it into your mind and, and you are distracted. And instead of fully following God, you're looking to the right, to the left and, and you're looking to, to the right. My prayer today is that the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you.
and draw you into a relationship that you would say, today, I'm going to be fully committed to God. A man after God's own heart does not have a divided heart. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for your presence. Thanks for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh God.